You're listening to Buzzing with Miss B, the coaching podcast, where we believe that every teacher deserves a coach, and every coach does too. I'm Chrissy Beltran, an instructional coach, resource creator, and coffee enthusiast. And I'm your host. Stay tuned for practical tips and honest coaching talk that will help you coach with confidence. Hey coaches, it's Chrissy from Buzzing with Miss B and I'm so glad that you're here with me today. You're listening to episode 24, how to structure your time to meet your goals. Um, Over the last few episodes, we've talked about defining your coaching role and sharing that role with teachers. And so if you haven't listened in to episodes 22 and 23, I recommend going back and really defining your own coaching role with those processes that I share and making sure that your teachers know what your coaching role is as well. It's definitely going to have a positive impact on the coaching work that you do. So today we're going to talk about how to actually accomplish what you want to accomplish. Okay, (laughs) so Here's the problem that all coaches face, or if you don't face it, I don't want to hear from you because that's just depressing to me. So (laughs) here's the problem. Every single coaching day, you arrive at work, you've got your schedule of things that you'd like to accomplish, and almost immediately you are hit with everything everyone else wants you to accomplish. So you think that from, you know, that you're going to work on XYZ, but then in reality, you remember, oh, I have leadership today. Oh, I have to cover PLC today. Oh, I've got to make sure that... Um, that I get those documents handed in today because it's a deadline. Oh my gosh, GT testing is coming up and I need to support that person who's running the testing. And oh man, testing is coming up for bilingual students. So I need to ensure that I've completed my certification because I'm going to have to edit all their, I'm going to have to check through all their documents. And it's, it is quite a heap of tasks that coaches are responsible for that often have very little to do with coaching. So when you're running from meeting to meeting, What happened to your goals? What are you trying to accomplish this year? And can you even see that in your work? Or are you just trying to survive? In order to change your campus, you want to know where you're headed. And if you haven't already thought about that, make sure that you have three goals for your coaching work written down somewhere where you can see them. You want them posted visibly because you want to be reminded of them every single day, even those days when you're totally swamped. So if you're not sure where to start, on how to create those goals. We're gonna have a little conversation about that and then we're gonna talk about how to build in time for your goals, okay? So goals should be actionable and realistic. They should include the actions that you take in order to make them happen. That's the way I believe. I know that some people like to set goals of how many percentage of students will be successful on XYZ and I just don't think that's a realistic goal because it doesn't tell me what I'm going to do. I think goals should look more like an action plan. So a goal of 90% of students will be successful on the reading assessment isn't very practical because it doesn't say anything about what you're going to do to get them there. And so of course we want increasing number of our kids to be successful, but a goal needs to be more specific than that. We want it to be more specific than the data that kids are producing on various assessments. So one framework that you can use to create some goals that might be really purposeful for you is the SMART framework, okay? And if you're using the SMART framework, you should consider each letter in the acronym, S-M-A-R-T, and each one stands for something different that will help you create a goal that is purposeful and functional and actually is something you can accomplish, okay? So S stands for specific. So you want to say what you will do and use actual actions, You're not just talking about what kids will do, that students will be successful. You're not just talking about um, how much time kids are going to spend reading or how many kids are going to achieve whatever numeracy competition standard you have. It's about what you will do and the actions you will take. 
coaches. I'm just gonna pop in here really fast because I wanna share something with you that I am so excited about. My course for elementary literacy coaches, The Confident Literacy Coach, is live. It's up and running and you can get access to it right now. So here's the deal. When I started out as a coach, I struggled. I had trouble defining my role and communicating it with teachers and administration. And I honestly didn't even know that was something I was gonna have to do. I dreaded PLC days because getting my teachers to collaborate, to speak the same language and create lesson plans together was a total nightmare. And I was so stressed out by modeling and co-teaching in classrooms that I actually avoided it for a long time. It was not a happy time for me, (laughs) but things got so much better. I figured out processes to help my teams of teachers work together. I focused on best practices in reading and writing and identified some high impact strategies to support alignment on my campus. And I began to spend more time in classrooms after I planned thoroughly with teachers before lessons. Basically, I started coaching with confidence. This work and I've put it all together in one place so you can coach with confidence too. The Confident Literacy Coach is your one-stop shop for everything literacy coaching in elementary school. You'll learn how to define your role and communicate it to your administrator, what best practices you should spend your time on, and my process for collaborative planning plus so much more that will take your coaching life from frustrated and overwhelmed to effective and confident. You can check it out at buzzingwithmissb.com. Just click the Confident Literacy Coach at the bottom of the latest post and you'll learn exactly what's in the course and why it will change your coaching for the better. I can't wait to see you there. M stands for measurable. In my opinion, I don't think this always looks like student data. In our role, I I really believe it can be measurable based on teacher surveys or observations that you make in the classroom because the work that we do isn't always based on numbers. It's based on what we see happening. Can you see evidence of something? So if you have a goal that's measurable because you're going to walk around from classrooms and see if something is in place after you've done your, your work towards that goal, you can actually calculate the percentage of classrooms that have demonstrated something specific. Uh, That's something that I did with our uh, behavior program a few years ago. My friend and I, one of my colleagues, actually put together a a classroom management program that our school was using. It was a whole committee that that met to discuss this and create some practices that we wanted to uh, use to anchor our student behavior because we realized that kids were being asked to do different things in different parts of the school and that was really unfair to them. And that a lot of times kids were not being taught how to do the things we wanted them to do. So when that happens, then who's accountable for their behavior, right? It's us. So what we did is we created a set of of routines and expectations for student behavior and ways to address that in the classroom. And then we went through the rooms after we had introduced it. It had been a few weeks and we'd been practicing it as a school. We went through the rooms quickly and we just recorded percentages to see who was doing certain things. It wasn't about a gotcha. It was to see if we needed to go back and do more work and if we did, in what areas. So if 75% of classrooms had behavior expectations posted, that's a pretty decent percentage and we could just individually work with the teachers who didn't have those posted, who hadn't created those with their kids. If only 30% of the classrooms were using the system for pencil sharpening and providing pencils to kids, then that's a whole group thing that we needed to go back and review. So that's one way that you can create a measurable goal because you're using numbers that actually relate to what's happening in classroom practice. You create your own little document where you go through and, and record how many classrooms have things go, certain things going on, and then you identify percentages. And that tells you, are you reaching your goal or not? 
Of course, just like we told teachers, it's just a visit. It's one visit for a few minutes. We're going to miss some things. So that's why this was not a gotcha. This was not, oh, you don't have this in place. What are you doing? You were told how to do this. That's not the way that we responded to it. If we saw a need in a classroom that was not using the system, then we could pop in and say, hey, can I ask you how this is going? Right? And that's not a gotcha. That's a checking in to make sure you have the help that you need. So that's a big distinction to make there because that can stress people out if they feel like you're walking in to tell to say, yes, you have it. No, you don't. That can be really stressful. The A in SMART, so now we've done the SM specific and measurable. Now we're on A, achievable. It's actually something you can accomplish. Now, some people say they set stretch goals, right? And that's something that I am not comfortable with. <laughs> a stretch goal is a goal that is, is pushing past what you think you can realistically accomplish. And I feel like I don't really understand the purpose of that, but uh, maybe maybe I'm not living my life to the fullest. I don't know. So if you're a stretch goal person and it works for you, good for you. It doesn't make sense to me. So an achievable goal is something that you can realistically do within the time frame that you have. So if it's going to be done through the school year, then you want it to be something you can realis- realistically accomplish this school year. You don't want to set goals that would take several years for you to attain, right? Um, but if you are talking about a shorter term goal that's maybe in three months, it's something that has to be attainable within three months. So you really have to think about what's in place already so that you can push yourself to grow, but so that you're setting a goal that is realistically attainable within your time frame. The R in SMART stands for relevant. And that means that it makes sense in the context of your school and what you are collectively working on. So if you are not working on providing planning uh, support for online teaching, then I wouldn't recommend making your goal anything about online teaching because it's going to be so far outside of the work teachers are doing that I don't see how you're even going to accomplish it. It's ideal if your goals are relevant to teachers because our work is about teachers implementing things in the classroom and we can't make anybody do anything. No one can really make another human being do anything. You have choices. That's why behavior is so hard to manage in the classroom, right? Kids have choices. They have their own decisions that they're making. So just like whenever you're in the classroom, you cannot force a kid to do anything. They have to choose it. Same thing with teachers. Teachers have to choose what it is that they're going to do because teaching is hard work. And if they're going to implement something new, they've got to have, that's got to be buy-in from the teachers. You've got to make sure that your teachers believe in what you're doing or else you're going to have nothing but pushback. And sometimes it's necessary. Sometimes you have to say, you know what, guys, we have got to grow. We have got to try something different, even if they're not ready yet. But ideally, A relevant goal is relevant to the teachers as well because it's something that they feel like they need to move into. So if your teachers are interested in growing in using mentor texts in writing, you are much more likely to be able to achieve that goal because it's relevant to the work the teachers are doing. It also needs to be relevant to your curriculum if you're got, if you're you know stuck in a curriculum or tied to a curriculum. I don't want to say it in a negative way, but if you are, it's got to be relevant to the curriculum that you're working with. It needs to be relevant to your population. Perhaps um, you think it's time to introduce more multicultural literature. I totally think that's a great goal to do, and you want to start by choosing texts that are relevant to your population and books that actually serve as windows into other groups of kids that they maybe have never met before. So relevant is the R because you want to make sure it makes sense in the context of what your school and community are working on, okay? D stands for time bound. You have to say when it's going to be done. 
If it's an annual goal, it could be done by the end of the school year. But you might also set goals that have a shorter time frame. So it could be the first nine weeks or the first semester, for example, could be the time that you're going to accomplish this goal. In that case, your goal might come in two parts because you might chunk your goals into different steps. So if you have a semester-long goal, perhaps the first semester your goal is to um, to increase teachers' participation in a reading campaign, and then the second semester is going to you know increase it at a higher rate, something along those lines. Once they're participating, maybe you can engage them in reading more complex literature or something along those lines. But you want to show growth from one goal to the next, so you're always improving and increasing the kinds of work that you're doing with teachers. So how do you decide what's important enough for you to focus on? Okay, here are a couple questions for you to ask yourself that will help you choose the ideas that you want to focus on for your goals. The first one is, what is currently happening on my campus? So you can use survey data or observation data to get where you are. Or like I just talked about, doing this classroom sweep and you can kind of see where you are in in all content areas or in all strategies to see where te- what teachers are already implementing. Then you want to ask yourself, how do I want to change teaching and learning this year or this semester? So if you want to see student engagement increase, you might say something like, in the fall, I will provide workshops and planning PLCs to support teachers in using engagement strategies during science lessons. In the spring, I will observe all classrooms using an observation tool to identify what percentage of classrooms are using these strategies, aiming for 100% implementation. So I've got kind of a two-part goal there. The first part focuses on what I'm going to do to make sure that strategies get implemented. And the second part focuses on how I'm going to know if it worked. So I could even also add something about um, that I would use coaching cycles with individual teachers who are not implementing the strategies in the spring. So if you believe that teachers need to use data to provide intervention, for example, you could say, I'm going to conduct biweekly data PLCs in which we create next steps for intervention and identify which students will receive interventions. Okay. And so those are two possible directions that you could head, but there's myriad directions depending on what your focus is. I know people who are focused on making sure teachers understand the components of a mini lesson or using authentic literature to teach their lessons or bridging the computer program that they use to classroom instruction so that it's more meaningful. Tons of different directions you can go. When you have created your goals, I want you to identify them as your big three. You just want three things that you'd like to accomplish this year, semester, or whatever time frame it was that you chose. Those are your big three. I want you to write them on your calendar, okay? Write them on the top of your calendar, put them on the front of your calendar, stick them somewhere visible. Stick them on a post-it so you can put them on every new page whenever you turn your calendar page. They need to be accessible to you. And then take a look at your calendar and everything you have planned. Don't cry, okay? (laughs) I know it's crazy. Um, I want you to mark off all of your must-do things, okay? The things that others tell you you have to do. So for example, the leadership meetings, which mine were on Mondays at seven in the morning of all ungodly things. That is when we met (laughs) with our leadership team. Oh my gosh. Because we didn't want to do it during the school day because it took away from our time in classrooms. So we did it at seven in the morning. Ah, I don't miss that. The planning PLCs, for example, were every Tuesdays for me, so I had to mark those off. The data meetings, the lunch duty, workshops, everything, those things are already marked off. Now, some of those things may actually be able to be used to support your goals, but you want to have them marked off so you know what discretionary time you have in addition to that, okay? So, for example, if one of my goals was about using um, 
a student writing with authentic audience, that could be something that could work into a PLC, right? Or if my goal was the one that I gave an example of, which was about bi-weekly data PLCs, well, then those data meetings were going to be supportive of my goal. But I want you to mark off all those things that are mandatory so you can see how much time you have left. So then you look at your discretionary time, however much time that is. And I want you to find a place every single week to plug in something that helps you work towards your goals. So maybe that's an hour to create a new PLC structure to conduct better data meetings, okay? Maybe you're setting up some norms or some uh, procedures that are gonna change the way that works to make it more effective. But that's something that you have to do by yourself before you're ready to share that with teachers. Or perhaps it's something you're gonna do in conjunction with teachers and you need to set a date and time to do that. It could be that you need 30 minutes to model a new engagement strategy in a classroom that hasn't been demonstrating those strategies to this point. So you're working towards that engagement, that student engagement's goal, and you have to model that in a classroom. So you block in that time, you mark it in to make sure that it's happening that week. You might spend 20 minutes researching a new idea to share at your next PLC to increase engagement. Sometimes we've got to do the learning ourselves, right? And we're like, okay, well, I've shared many different strategies on student engagement, but it's not reaching this group of teachers. So I need to go out and learn something new so that I can actually move towards this goal of student engagement, if that's your goal. You might also schedule a meeting with that grade level that keeps hiding from you (laughs) to look at their test results together. So maybe they are dodging you in the hallways. You need to nail it down and get a day and time set if you're going to work towards that goal of data and intervention to make sure that you actually have on the calendar a dedicated day and time with that grade level because they're if they're pushing back sometimes that's what you've got to do you have to say hey this has to happen guys let's make it work basically you don't want to let a week pass by without taking some action towards your goals because if you're taking the time to set goals using for example that smart goal framework that we put together and you're taking time to you know invest in your own personal learning towards those goals and you've got it marked off on your calendar make it happen That's the only way it's going to happen. The main takeaway that I have for you today is if you're not scheduling your time to accomplish your goals, they're just not going to happen. Nobody's going to take charge of those goals for you. You are the only person who cares about those things as much as you do. That's why you chose them. That's why they were relevant. That's why they were essential. That's why you decided to use those smart that smart framework to arrive at that goal. So if you're not scheduling your time to accomplish the goals, nobody else is going to schedule that time for you. They're going to take away your time. You have to focus your discretionary time, which may be limited. So my next steps for you are if you don't already have your three goals written down and placed visibly in your room, do that first. Use the SMART goal framework or any other framework, if that makes sense to you, to identify the three things you will accomplish. You might have to visit some classrooms. You might have to take out and send out some surveys or take some documentation down of what's in place already so you can figure out where to grow. But you need to identify those three things first. Then I want you to look at your calendar and follow that process that I shared to mark out the time that's out of your control and then plug in time to work towards your goals. You wanna have a little bit of that time every single week to make sure that you are working towards accomplishing these specific goals, okay? In the next episode, I'm gonna share about a topic that I get asked about a lot and it's sort of an abstract topic, so I'm kind of excited to talk about it. It's your coaching personality. What does your coaching personality look like? and how can you grow it in the direction that you want. So I'm really excited to share that with you. Definitely check back in next week for that episode, uh, which is going to be episode 25. And till then, happy coaching.
Thank you for listening to Buzzing with Miss B, the coaching podcast. Want more coaching ideas? Check me out at buzzingwithmissb.com and on Instagram at buzzingwithmissb. If you love the show, share it with a coach who would love it too, or leave me a review on iTunes. It's free and it helps others find this show. Happy coaching. Happy coaching.